few verses in that. Many of us we just know the story of Jonah. It says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And I, I want to just point out some things tonight, more teaching than anything, just uh, some things out of the Word and Help us to see that the Word of God is the will of God. How many believes that? The Word of God is the will of God. Let's pray for our lesson tonight. Lord, we love you so much tonight. Thank you for your goodness and mercy, the things you've done this week. We could never thank you enough. Lord, we do praise you and give you honor. Bless our hearts and our ears. Lord, tonight let us hear and let our hearts be good ground. Lord, let us grow and be better. Lord, on our walk with you, we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give him a hand clap and a praise tonight before you're seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated and thank you for being in the house of the Lord. And God's good. I've got next week, a week from tomorrow, will be the field's first meeting. And they've asked me to speak there and they are going to be teaching about uh, a Bible study on God's Word and starting out this year and wanted me to come and speak uh, the first night on the importance of reading God's Word. And man, if there's one thing I know for sure, we won't make it without the Word of God. You won't be Christian without His Word, no matter how many times you say it. <laughs> it, it you won't be... You won't be saved without his word, no matter how much you believe it. Uh, we can't be uh, saved without the word. We're not his without the word. And we will definitely not be in his will without the word. The word of God will never lead you away from the will of God. But it will always put you smack in the middle of it. When people... Uh, talk about salvation and different things, but they don't want to talk about what the Word says according to salvation. That's out of the will of God because the plan of salvation is in the Word of God. And if we want to find the will of God, we will search the Word of God. That's just how it will be. We, we need that Word desperately. We've got to have it. We, we, we'll never make it without it. Uh, we need the Word of God. And um, there were in uh, Proverbs, I've said this many times from here, but um, in all, of course, all the Scripture we know is, is God-inspired and it's profitable for us for, for anything we have to do. Uh, but there is some tremendous instruction in the first seven chapters of Proverbs, just great how-to-live-your-life kind of stuff. And in uh, Proverbs 3, uh, the first two verses, he said, My son, forget not my law. That's his word. But let your heart keep 
my commandments. And if we could start there, if that was presented to us, we could say, well, God, why does that matter? Can't I just know who you are, say I believe in you, and just love you? Wouldn't it be enough? God didn't give us this word to be a weight to us. He didn't give the word for it to chain us down or to keep us oppressed, but uh, everything about the word is, is instruction, correction, which we need. We, you know, uh, one psalmist said, uh, before I was afflicted or before I was corrected, I went astray. We need the word of God to put us on the right path so we'll know how to walk, but, but the tremendous blessing that comes out of God's word, and then it says, the reason, he gives a reason, he just tells us, and so that's the thing about God, He's, I'm not just telling you this so I can say, hey, it's my way or no way, even though we know it is. But he doesn't rule like that. He says, but I want you to remember these things and keep these things for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to you. He said, your life is going to be a lot better when you keep my word, walk after my ways, when you walk in my path. Uh, peace. There is a great lack of peace in the world today. But the scripture also says, great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You know, and so when we realize that the word of God is a benefit for my life, it's not just, oh, look at this rule book. No, sir, but it's not a, a rule book. This is the book of life. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And I need those things uh, so I can make it through this world and make it to the next world. I want to live with him forever. He went on to say in verses 5 and 6 of the same chapter, trust in the Lord with all your heart. If I trust the Lord, I'm going to believe what he said. If I trust him, I trust his word because you can't separate God and his word. For in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then he went on to say, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word hung on the cross. Yeah. It was the word that rose from the dead. It was the the word that came back and dwelt among us or dwelt inside of us. And so uh, he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and, and don't lean to your own understanding. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're just a bunch of ignorant slobs that can't do anything. God's not saying uh, he knows that, that man has wisdom. and He knows that they seek out many inventions and he knows that they're able, I mean, we read it in the beginning of the book where they were building the, the Tower of Babel and he said, Boy, when they get together and they get in one mind, said nothing is restrained from them. And, and he knows that, that men have great minds. He created it. He knows that there is, there is a great amount that we accomplish in our flesh, but it doesn't mean anything if it's not unto the Lord. And there's a lot of things that men have instituted and created that have nothing to do with God. My wife and I, they saw uh, an ad for this these cars now I think it's Buick and uh, this lady's going she's riding down the street in the car and her hands are in her lap man the car's driving and then she get ready to parallel park and it pops up a little menu and she's like okay she hits parallel park and that car's doing all, she ain't touched the wheel yet 
that thing wheels in there. And then one time she pulls up by a parking place, hits this button, the wheels turn sideways, and it just slides into the parking place. Where was that when we was taking our test? I don't, I don't wonder how, what you do if you, you use that car on your driver's test. Uh, the instructor's like, what you doing? Just watch. You know, I mean, how do they even be giving them a you got to test the car. Why are you testing the person? Because they ain't driving no more. Anyway, what I'm saying is that man, man is smart, but God's saying there is a way that seems right to men, but the end of that way is always death. It, it doesn't have life, but his words, Jesus said, the words I speak are spirit, they're life. There's life. He says, he is the word. In him was light. And that light is the life of men, is what the scripture says. Well, his word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. You see, there's no separating him. And so without the word, there's no life. But he said, so trust, trust in me with all your heart and don't lean to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge me. Look for me. There's nowhere that he should be absent from your life. There's no place that his word should be vacated from your life. Uh, you know, there's so many people today that have put him in little categories and little boxes and little containers in different parts of their life. So like this part of my life doesn't need the Lord and this part of my life doesn't need to refer to the word. But you'll never be in the will of God unless you're in the word of God because the word of God is the will of God for our life. So in all my ways, acknowledge him and then he will direct your path. That doesn't keep you from stumbling. That doesn't keep you from falling, but it keeps you going the right way. He said, I'll direct your path. We know, I, I think I read this this past weekend, though a good man fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And so he didn't say you wouldn't fall. He said, but I'll make sure you're still going in the right direction. If you fall, you will fall facing the right direction. You'll be going the right way. Just get up, dust off, and keep going forward. Keep moving straight. But that's his word. You see, that's the will of God for your life. To not fall and be utterly cast down, we find the will of God for our life in the Word of God. That Word is His will. I want the Word of God in my life. I believe in prayer. I believe that Philippians 4 and 6 tells me to be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So, uh, you know, I, some people want to substitute prayer for the Word. But you wouldn't even know to pray without the Word. If this book didn't exist, you would have no knowledge of prayer. If this book didn't exist, you'd have no knowledge of these signs shall follow them that believe. The will of God for our life is found in the Word of God. We need this Word and so uh, prayer, hey, guess what? Prayer is the will of God. It's found in the word of God. Because Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Fasting, that's the will of God. You know why? Because he says, when you fast, it's the will of God. When you get giving, that's the word of God. It's the will of God for us to be givers because he says, when you give. And so we find many times people say, I want the will of God in my life. But they always handicap themselves with this little phrase, if it's the will of God. If it's God's will, 
Well, you know, just because you ain't getting a burning bush don't mean it ain't God's will. The phrase, if it's God's will, has kept people frozen in one place, just frozen in time, just stopped. Uh, or, or they use it as an excuse to just keep running in disobedience. You know, people that, they know they need God. And, you, and it's just like when you say, well, man, you ought to come to church. Well, if it's the Lord's will, I'll get there. If it's the Lord's will. Well, I tell you what, the, the word says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, especially as you see the day approaching. So gathering together is God's will, and I found that in God's word. All these people that just say, I can stay home. Well, you're not supposed to. Yeah, you, see, that's the thing. You can. I'm not telling oh, I can stay home. I know you can, but you shouldn't. Not if you believe what the word says, but so many people don't even read this word. And they use this, this little, well, I'm just waiting on God's will. But the, the, the will of God is in the word of God. They're waiting for a lightning bolt from heaven. And we got everything we need for our life right here. It's right there. And, and then, listen, I want the will of God in my life too. But tonight I want us to realize that the will of God is not, it's not as mysterious and elusive as we think it is. If we would, if we knew the word of God, you know, how many of you would just walk into a store and steal something? No, no hands? Why not? Well, where'd you find that at? In the word. So it must be the will of God. You know, would you think people ain't been, do you think there's people that, because things were rough or things were bad and it, it was just like they were in a store or somewhere and they were tempted to steal. It don't make them bad because they were tempted to steal. People get tempted with all kinds of things. But what about when they're just about to decide what to do with it? They might even picked it up and they remember, thou shalt not steal. The will of God for me is not to steal. I found that in his word. And it keeps them in the right path. And so, see, the will of God is not so elusive as we think it is. And, uh, yes, there are certain things we pray about. But even when I pray, the will of God for me to wait upon the Lord. I find that in Scripture. Or uh, let patience have her perfect work. I, I find ways to apply the will of God. And it's not the will of God for me to rush God. But to... Be patient to wait on the Lord, and he's going to renew my strength, and, and uh, I can let patience have a perfect work. So I, I believe uh, in prayer. I believe in making requests to God, but I also believe this, looking into this word and knowing this word and asking God, show me, Lord, what I need to do. And then I say, it's going to be in here. It will be in here. It'll be in here by example. It'll be, sometimes it'll just be plain flat in your face. Thou shalt not steal. That's, well, you mean everything? No, it, it, there's no little subclause there. It's like, thou shalt not steal. It means what it says. That's pretty plain, right? So uh, the will of God is very plain in his word. Here's some, some, some scriptures for, our, for life. 
life, what we call life scriptures maybe because they deal with our life. In Deuteronomy 8 and 3, this is the first time we see this phrase, that he might make thee to know that man does not live by bread only. He doesn't. You may have to page on over because uh, I, I got the last part of it. Uh, so he says, he doesn't live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth does man live, out of the mouth of God does he live. So every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord is good for my living, good for my life. It Somehow, someway, it sustains me. You can compare it to breath. You can compare it to food. Job said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He said, I have to eat to live or I'll die, but I would rather have God's word. It's more important to me than a hamburger. You know, his, his word is more important to me than a six-course meal. His word, the food that I have to have to live is more important because I don't live by bread alone. I live, if all you do is eat and live, you just exist. But we live, have a life. You see, that's the, that's the difference. God's people have a life. We are the light of the world. And so we have a life. And he said, and that life is made uh, visible to this world because of his word. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Sum it up for me. Fear God, reverence him, and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. This is how, and it, well, don't you think if it's the whole, it's complete, that means the will of God must be in there. So the will of God is in this scripture. It's the will of God. That's the conclusion of the matter. To fear him, keep his commandments. That's it. It's all summed up in that. I'll find his will in his word. Psalm 119 and 133. Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. So order my steps, God, in your word. What are you saying? I want to walk in your will. I want to, you're ordering my steps in your word. Not in the world. He didn't say order my steps in the world. He said order my steps in the word. A lot of people believe he said order my steps in the world. Because you, you can tell by the way they do. They just live like the world. And they, Again, you can claim anything you want to and say you believe it all you want to. But if it's not from the word, it just won't stand. We have to be in his word. It went on the different places. It says your word have I hid in my heart so I won't, might not sin against you because... It's not God's will that we sin, because if we sin, we're going to perish. It's not his will that we perish. So it must be his will for us to be saved. So hide the word in my heart so I won't sin against you. It's a light into my path, a lamp unto my feet. God's word has to be there. And if our lives are wrapped up and lived, like we've just read here, by the word of God, then the will of God for our lives can be found there in his word. You'll, you'll wake up and you'll know. His mercies are new every morning. You'll know, you'll know when the Spirit of God lives inside of you, you'll be led by that. But if, you know, if we didn't have this book, we wouldn't know any of that. We couldn't quote anything to justify ourselves if we didn't have this word. We've got to have this word. And so when we, we go back to Jonah, the opening statement, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send, uh, you know, a scroll. He didn't, you know, I, he just, the word of the Lord 
came to Jonah. Why did it come to Jonah? To give him direction. He, the will of God was found for Jonah in the word of God. What was the will of God for Jonah's life? Arise and go to that great city of Nineveh and preach. That was the will of God for Jonah. There was no way to question that. He was very plain and straightforward. Jonah, get up, go to Nineveh, go to that great city and preach. Tell them this. Preach to them. Tell them. But Jonah didn't do that. The word came, it was clear, and it was the will of God. The will of God is clear. Now Jonah rebels. Rebellion is not something that has to be taught. You just leave a kid to itself, and they'll be rebellious. They will. That's why the Bible instructs us. What's the will of God for children? Train them up in the way they should go. What should I do about my kids? Train them up. In, the Bible will tell you how to handle your children. It will. The Bible tells us about family and children and marriage, relationships. There, there is stuff in this book about every part of our life because we live by every word. So God's not going to just leave that blank. Uh, you just figure the marriage stuff out on your own. What? No. And that's the thing. All this stuff that's got people mixed up about their genders in this world today, it ain't mixed up in here. In the beginning, God created them male and female. No, no pronouns, no extra letters, nothing. Male, female. Yeah. That's the will of God. It's in the word of God. It's clear. Clear to us. But Jonah rebels. He runs off. But listen, correction and teaching. I said correction, not abuse. Correction and teaching. The scripture says it drives rebellion away. Helps kids to be right. The word of God is clear. So that means the will of God is actually a lot clearer than we want to admit sometimes. I have people uh, with that stuff all the time. But pastor, does this really? Yeah, this really. This really does matter if the word says it. But does God really care about that? In his word, isn't it? Well, yeah, I know that. Well, I, that's where it stops because it's in his word. And he didn't just put pages down to fill space. If it's in there, it's for us because we live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Every word. So the word of God is clear, and then that means that the will of God is clear, a lot clearer than we want to admit. But the reason people can't often discern the will of God is because they don't know the word of God. If you don't spend time in the Word of God, you don't know the will of God. Because if you don't spend time in the Word of God, you don't know to pray. You don't know to seek, ask, and knock. You don't know, I've got to seek you with my whole heart, and then he'll be found in me. You don't know that if I ask anything in his name, it'll be given. You don't know I need to repent and be baptized uh, in, so I can, uh, for the remission of sins, and I'll receive the Holy Spirit. You don't know these things by just sitting around the fringe is watching everybody else. You've got to know the word because the will of God is in the word of God. Every time, you'll find it there. But uh, because they can't discern it, that's when you know, you're talking to them, well, if that's God's will, I'll do that. Hey, on, let me see your Bible. 
you crack it open, it makes a noise because it ain't been open very much. And you, the pages are stuck together because they ain't been turning them. But then you find it, and everybody will say, what's that say, bud? I mean, people even, you know, when it comes to salvation, hey, you know, the Bible says you should repent and be baptized every one of them. Well, if that's God's will for me, I'll do it. Well, hold on. That's, you know, and you, you're showing them 3,000 people. The first time they heard it, 3,000 people. The first time. What do you mean if it's will? It's in his word. Yeah, but, you know, that's the book of Acts. That's an old historical book. And we are oh, so yeah, you're just brushing the will of God away. Because, because uh, let me tell you, sometimes the will of God will go against the way your flesh feels. It did Jonah. I don't want to go to Nineveh. With Jonah, you want God's will? Sure, go to Nineveh. Nope, I'm going to run. Okay, that's not the will of God. It's not what you're supposed to do. Look, there is God's will for every part of our life. And as a pastor, let me tell you, especially a pastor with a bunch of young people in church, the big one is, you know, Pastor, I really want somebody in my life. Okay. The Bible says a lot about that. You know, oh, I really like this one. Where do they go? Oh, they don't go to church. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, the Bible, not just me, but I agree with the Bible. It says not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Well, but does God really care? It's just going to be trouble for you. He said, if you would follow my words, there'd be peace in your life. But there ain't going to be no peace when you're yoked together with somebody that don't believe. You're going to be fighting. They're going to be saying, why are you always going to church? You're going to be, why aren't you ever coming to church? <laughs> and it's going to happen. The will of God is for us to not to be unequally yoked. No light and darkness. Come out from among them. Be separate. Those kind of things. It's in there. Again, prayer is needed for these situations. But if you pray but don't know a single verse of Scripture, you don't know if God were, were to quote a Scripture to you, you wouldn't even know if it was real. Where did you get that from, Lord? Have you ever read my <laughs> Have you ever read my book? Come on. Listen. And, and, you know, there's a lot of pressure and expectation on, on, on ministers every week all right, give me a word, preacher. You know what? He does it every time he opens this book and preaches. Whether it's Wednesday or Sunday or revival or camp meeting or whatever it is, every time he gets up and delivers a sermon, he is giving you a word from the Lord. Every time. Because the Lord said, my word will not return void. It, it is going out there to do something. And if we live by every word, that means every word he preaches from this book, it's good for you. Is there, any, is there ever any food that you like that you eat more than once? Yeah, stuff you like. Hey man, anytime I can get it, I'm going to get it. Well, that's it. But there's some people that are like, they going to talk about Acts 2.38 again? It's just like, are we having steak again? Yeah, we are. You know, it, it's still food for you. You know, it's like your mom and them, you go eat what's on the table. Oh, I wanted this night. Well, I didn't want Brussels sprouts. Well, I like Brussels sprouts. Uh, 
you know. But whatever they set on the table, you know, it's like, is this what we're having? Yeah. And you're going to eat or you'll be hungry. Amen. So, so people say, I'll have to go listen to all that preaching. Then you're going to go hungry. <laughs> and if you're not reading this, you're going to be hungry. Give us this day our daily bread. Give me this daily bread. That's why we encourage that bread reading. It's, it's good to do because it'll get you through the Bible in a year, but you ought to have some times when you just, because I know sometimes you snack. So you ought to sit down sometime about having a little snack here. Let's see what, what Mark wrote right here. You know, just give you a little snack. Go to the cupboard. Find something good to satisfy you, to help you. And, 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 and don't put unreal expectations on, on people all the time. You know, it's like Brother Green or somebody told us not too long ago, so this guy walked up to me and said, the Lord said you had a word for me. And he said, well, when he lets me know it, I'll tell you. You know, what? Did you hear the, maybe it was in the message that he just preached, but you were so, think he's got to call me out and shake me down and, and tell me something incredible about my life. He just gave you something incredible. Any sermon, any message, I don't care if he's a young preacher or a seasoned preacher, it's the word of God. And when God calls them to preach, that, very, that first message they preach, it ain't a throwaway. God called them, that's their first message. Yeah, will they get better? Hopefully. But the first one, you know, come on, you got married and your wife first said fix, fix that first meal. Ain't nobody going to say it was bad. It wasn't bad. But do you think she gets better as she goes on? Sure. Any of us get better at anything when you do. You cook. You learn. I told my wife she was a good cook. It, yeah. She liked it. And I would eat it. But we finally had an honest conversation about that. I said, please don't fix that anymore. But I'm sure for those who loved that, it was good. And she made it because she loved me, so it was, that made it better. I could, I could do it. But what I'm saying is, you know, there's so much in this word that would solve our daily problems if we would just go to this word and let it just run our lives and just, you know, it, 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 I think uh, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, you know, he, he gave him a roll, said, eat this roll. He said it was like honey in his mouth. The sweetness, you know, and, and, and then we find it again in, the, the, in Revelation where he gave John the scroll, to eat, eat this up. And, you know, it, it, we, we need to ingest that word. When you, when you get the word in your life, and it's going to affect every part of your life. And it's going to help every part of your life. It's, I mean, family life. It'll help. if you, I, Anybody that does premarital counseling in my stuff, I, I tell them, I say, listen, all, there's a lot of things that people do. I, I like all that neat, real creative premarital counseling stuff, you know, taking tests and doing all that stuff. That's pretty cool. But I said, you know, I'm a very basic guy, and I can tell you something. And if you live your life by the word of God and if you 
frame your marriage up with the Word of God, it'll last. I said, if you want to know the will of God for marriage, read what Paul wrote in Ephesians. If you want to know, or, or in Colossians. Example, Colossians 3, 18. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Verse 19. Husbands, love your wives. Be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things. This is well-pleasing to the Lord. Wives, husbands, children. That's the will of God. For the family, right there. Now, it's, it, there's more than that. But right there, you see, there's scriptures. That, okay, all right. You know, I tell, I, I told men all the time in, in counseling and preaching from the pulpit, I said, don't talk to me about how much you love your wife if you don't love the Lord. I said, you know, and, uh, and don't talk to me about, or I, I said, don't tell me how much you love the Lord if you don't love your wife. So I want to tell you, you ain't going to convince me you Joe super Christian when you treat your wife like trash. <laughs> you can run the aisles and talk in tongues, do whatever you want to. You treat your wife like garbage, you're just putting on a show for somebody. That ain't nothing. Because the Bible says that we're supposed to love our wives the way Christ loved the church. I said, you don't get no pass on me. I said, you, you, you made the vow for better or worse. I said, do it right. But this is what I'm telling you. The will of God for marriage, for relationships, or the way we uh, walk with him, all of it, it's in the word of God. So we can find that. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, did I give you that? I can't remember if I did or not. Yeah, in everything, give thanks. This is the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning you. How would we know that scripture, that, that will of God for our life, if we didn't have the word of God? But it's in there. What do I do? You know, that's be kind tenderhearted, forgiving one another. How do I, what do I do now? What's the will of God right now while somebody's treating me bad or I got enemies? Uh, pray for your enemies. What? That's God's word. Oh, man. What about people that despitefully use me? Yeah, pray for them too. You know, love your neighbor. Love God, love your neighbor, love each other. Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God has forgiven you. You know, that's the will of God for how to treat people is in there. How to respond to situations is in there. The word of God is the will of God. And so, Lord, what's your will in this situation? You know, there'd be a lot of times we wouldn't even have to ask if we already knew the word. Because we walk by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And if we knew the word, our walk would be a lot stronger. It would be a lot better. We'd be doing things in his will. Because if you're in the word, you'll never be out of his will. Never be out of his will. And so the question we have to ask is do we want his will no matter what? Or do we just want for our request to be his will? Do we want his will or do we want our request to be his will? That's the difference. See, Jonah heard the word, but he didn't want to obey the word. He heard the Lord say, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So he heard it because he did the opposite of what he said to do. Jonah thought, I'm getting out of here. So he fled 
He ran to Tarsus. He ran and hid. I got to get away. But here's the thing. If God's word is forever settled, that means his will is forever settled. That's why, uh, you know, if God has a will for our life and we ignore it and run from it, then one day he'll say, why did you not do the things that I said for you to do? Why do you call me Lord and not do the things that I say to do? That's, that's what he's going to say to us. I called you to do this, and you shook it off and run from it. You can't run from it. You can't get away from it. He thought he could. Psalm 139 lets me know that I can't run from his will anywhere and hide. 139 and 7 says, Whether shall I go from thy spirit? Or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I send up into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. I cannot get away from God. And that means I can't get away from his word. And Jonah could not get away from his word. He, see, Jonah thought Tarshish would save him from God. But God saved him from Tarshish. We better thank God that he has stepped in when we started running and saved us. And no telling what could have happened to him if he had got there. He might have never got back to where he needed to go. So God uh, sent that storm and, and, and caused all that stuff to start happening on the sea. And they said, you got to get out of here, bud. Threw him overboard. And God created a prayer room for Jonah in the belly of a fish at the bottom of the sea. And Jonah began to cry out to God. And, uh, of course, you know, the fish spit him out on the shore. And he went and did what God asked him to do. Because that was God's will. God wants to see his will fulfilled. So instead of killing Jonah, he corrected him. He chastised him. He corrected him because he loved him. And so God will do that with us. He'll keep being good to us. He'll keep reaching out for us. He won't give up on us until we finally see the truth that God's will is good for me and it's good to me. And it's in his word. But we can't run from it and we can't rationalize partial obedience he told Jonah to arise and go preach and so it says Jonah rose up but then he ran so he got up but then he ran partial obedience is disobedience and it ain't the will of God we, we rebel against the word we're rebelling against the Lord but the Lord remembers because the gifts and calling or without repentance, I called you. Nothing's going to change, Jonah. I called you to go preach to that city. And uh, if he hadn't, maybe God would have destroyed it and held Jonah accountable. Because according to Scripture, the Lord said those that are, if I give them a word to, to warn and they don't, I require the blood off their hand. See, Jonah don't even realize what a big mess God saved him from. And the reason it all worked out is because Jonah finally got back in the will of God by obeying the word of God. He didn't just fall, get a revelation. He knew what he was supposed to do. He just didn't want to do it. And we've all been like that, ignored or run or, oh, is that you, Lord? You know, we've done things like that. But God keeps being good. His mercy is new every morning. He loves us unconditionally, keeps calling, keeps reaching, trying to get us back to his will.
because he wants all the right things for our life. He wants us to have what he wants us to have. The will of God for our lives will present itself when we obey his word. The Bible says if we're willing and obedient, we shall eat the good of the land. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's the will of God. Uh, he, he instructed his people way back and let them know, this is my will, but this is what it takes to get it. In Deuteronomy 28, uh, verses 1 and 2, he said, And it shall come to pass that if you will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, or listen to the word of the Lord, observe and do all his commandments which I command you this day, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. It's God's will to exalt his people. But he says, but to do that, I need you to keep my word. And then he said, and all these blessings will come on thee and overtake thee if you shall hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. In verse 13, he said, and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and you will not be beneath. If that you will hearken, in other words, if you'll not just hear it, but when you hearken, we need to start hearken again. Hearkening. That means to hear it and do something about it, to obey it. So the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command you this day to observe and do them, and will not go aside from any of the words which I command you this day, right hand or left, to go after other gods and serve them. He said, you know, you're going to be above only, not beneath, the head, not the tail. I'm going to bless you tremendously as long as you're keeping my word and doing those things. But then he says in verse 15, it will come to pass if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and statutes which I command you this day, then all these curses, and he goes on, for a long time, he goes all the way down from verse 15 or verse 16, I mean, on over into the 30s and 40s, talking about the curses that will come on our life. I don't even want to know about that. But I do read it because uh, we need to know there are consequences. You know, we love the benefits of, of obeying the word, but we need to realize there's consequences for not obeying the word as well. And that's what the Lord would say in different places. I've set before you this day, you know, blessing and curse, life and death. Choose life. You know, choose the blessing. Do Choose the right thing. I, I've, I'm giving you options because I'm never going to force you to do my will, but I'll give you the option to do my will. And so when we live by the word, uh, or, yeah, when we live by the word, then the will of God will manifest itself in our lives. That's evident for Israel. When they did what was right, man, God was with them fighting their battles, taking care of them, providing for them, making sure they had everything they needed. But buddy, when they would start doing like the, those nations around them, when they would start sacrificing to other gods and they stopped uh, doing the things they should do for him, prayers and different things, mm -mm, nope. Man, he'd send them, they'd, they'd get hit with pestilence, with famine, enemies would come in, destroy them, take them captive. It happened just according to the word of the Lord. So I want the word of God in my life. Honey, you can come up to the, the music and you can stand with me tonight. In Matthew 24 and 35, this is what Jesus had to say about the word of the Lord. That heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. We're never going to 
have any other source to find out God's will for our life. It's going to be in his word. He said, this word will never pass away. There's never going to be you know, another edition. He's not going to send a, you know, you know, the Bible you know, volume two and say, here, you can forget volume one, let's go on you. It ain't like uh, you know, in school where you have your basic class, you go into advanced and then you forget. No, nah, no, this word is forever. It's eternal. And it means what it says. And the will of God for our lives is found right here in this book. And then, of course, along with prayers and fastings and seeking God. And, and you find all that in here. That's the will of God. So, so just understand There'll never be another source of wisdom. This is the source of wisdom. This is knowledge. This is power. This is what we need. This is our life. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's right here. So heaven and earth is going to pass away. Everything we see is going away. But his word will never pass away. That's why we have eternal life in this word, through this word. It'll never pass away. That's why I want it inside of me. If the eternal word's in you, man, you know where you're headed. So his will for our lives will always be tied to his word. When we lift our hands together, just pray tonight and just receive that word into our lives. And you know, just make a decision tonight. God, I'm going to live by your word. I'm going to study more. I'm going to start reading more. I'm going to get more into your word, God, because I want the will of God in my life. And I know that the will for my life is tied to your word. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you so much for giving us great instruction, for giving us this word that brings us everlasting life. For we're born again, not by corruptible seed, but by incorruptible, the word of God. Lord, we're thankful that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We're thankful that the words you speak are spirit and life. We're thankful, God, for all these words that give us faith.